Your Grace, nothing scrubs bold notions from a man's head like a few weeks in a dark cell. I meant what I said. I'm not here to put men in chains. If that becomes an option, many will take it. I gave you a choice. Your Grace, you stop beheading entire I'm families. I'm not beheading anyone. Your Grace. Lord Randall Tarly, Dick and Tarly. I, Daenerys of House Targaryen, first of my name, breaker of chains and mother of dragons, sentence you to die. Dracarys. everybody and welcome to our second ever podcast we are the podcast who has no name and today i am joined by emma hiya lucy hello and all the way from australia gareth evans again good (laughs) eye good one mate sadly we are missing uh john mccann today he couldn't be with us he is with us in spirit i just want to ask everyone what their initial thoughts on the episode were Initial thoughts, Em, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, a real nice return of some surprise faces, some well-loved, some good relationships I've missed. Um, overall, pretty stonking. Loose? I love the word stonking, just as a, as a first thought on that analysis. Cheers. I love this episode potentially more than last one. It, to me, it was a throwback to classic Game of Thrones, great character development. The dialogue didn't make me cringe at any point. Real return, as Emma said, to some classic characters, and I really, really enjoyed it. Gaz, what are you thinking, bro? How'd you like this episode? Uh, Gotta agree with Lucy. There. I reckon this was actually one of the best, like the all time classic episodes. Um, and yeah, it was it was all down to it was all down to the dialogue. It was all down to the characters rather than the action, which um, was pretty cool. I think personally, it's not as strong as last week's, just because the battle scene last week obviously is, is was just amazing. But um, I do think this episode was very good, slightly longer than usual, an hour long, which is good. So we got a lot, a lot to get through. So let's just get cracking with it. The first scene, it kind of makes last week's cliffhanger look a bit stupid, uh, a little bit stupid, uh, and we won't get into the sort of math of a guy wearing armour sinking down and a guy lifting him up or whatever let's just forget about that but um, Gaz what did you think about that that, that the first scene with Bron and Jamie coming out of the water just after the old uh, battle on the uh, the loot train I mean yeah it was that that was a major anti-climax wasn't it and it was um, it just meant any of the tension that might have existed at the end of the episode was just immediately vanished it felt a bit silly. Um, also, how long had they been underwater? Because they travelled a fair distance there. Um, so they did well to survive that, I reckon. Um, then, I don't know, a reminder of, of Bron and the fact that he's just there to get his paycheck. Um, Man's got to get paid, bro. Man's got to get paid. Jamie realised that he doesn't think they can win the war now. I mean, that's quite a big statement. I mean, it, you know, it was all Lannister, Lannister, Lannister victory, and then like, literally one battle with Drogon. He's like, nah, game over. This is, we, well, we can't win. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not true. wrong. He's not wrong. What do you think about that, Emma? 
I thought it was a pretty shy opener, to be honest. I'm going to disagree slightly in that there was so much to happen in this episode that I feel that the fact that it was immediately, oh, James Fine, kind of, it did undercut the tension of last week, but it set up this is going to be quite action-packed because they're not dragging out. How's Jamie going to go do? Like, is he going to survive? Like, let's see Bronze swimming through water to save him. So I was like, no, they're fine. And then moved on. So I do agree that it made the cliffhanger a bit redundant. I actually didn't mind it for just the immediacy of James Fine. Well, actually, that's a fair point because I suppose it just, like I said, it gets out of the way mm. and there was so much that happened in this exactly. episode. Exactly. That... We discussed last week that potentially Jamie was going to be captured and come to t- like, face-to-face with Tyrion in that way and that didn't happen. Yeah. But they just got it out of the way quickly, which I'm glad they didn't drag it out because so much other good stuff happened in this episode. Fair point. I mean, the next scene for me was one of the most defining scenes of the episode. I think it's very important. I think it's something that obviously the showrunners and everything in the books potentially is gearing towards. And we're starting to see real signs of it now. We've had little elements of it before, but um, we're starting to see Daenerys slip into those bad Targaryen habits of burning people alive in front of onlookers and essentially just being a tyrant. Um, What do you think about that? What what do you think about Daenerys potentially becoming the villain of this piece and not the hero? I'm a little bit torn, to be honest, because I kind of want to see her make her dragons burn people to death because it is quite cool. Very morbid. Yeah, well, you know, I think if we didn't have any element of that, any element of doubt about her ability to be a fair, just and and honourable ruler, then it would be a bit of a waste. I think, you know, last week we talked about the fact that she'd she'd listened to John to an extent, but she was still exerting her power. You know, she hadn't killed a load of civilians, but she killed soldiers. She did the same thing today. You know, if you were faced with dying by dragon or bending the knee, you'd bend the damn knee. You know, fair play to the honourable man. I mean, Randall Tarley, the most honourable, one of the most honourable men in Westeros, refused to uh, bend the knee. And I know last week we were saying, oh, you know, it was a turncoat, a little bit. A little bit of a turncoat, but he, he, you know, he made his bed and he definitely lied in it. You know, lay in it, lied in it. He, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't actually believe that him and Dick on the dead. I, I, I was, you know, obliterated. Shocked. I think is the word. Just very, and very quickly. Go on, Gav. Um, I have to say, I was thinking back actually because yeah, last week you had this idea that there'd be some kind of full circle story for yes, um, I for Sam. Yeah. Where yeah. you know his dad comes and gives him a hug, but. Mm. That would never seem particularly likely to me. They're like what? Well, they were peripheral figures that you know are there to be. They they, they were there to be a, a demonstration of uh, or a progression of Daenerys's story. Um, just quickly though, how mad was the like those shots before? We get to that point. Oh, it was like pop day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, amazing. Unbe- it was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it was really brought it home. Yeah, it's been it's so well shot. This show's unbelievable. Like the money they put into it, you can definitely see it. I think Tyrion's reaction um, in this scene was absolutely amazing. Like Peter Dinklage absolutely killing it as Tyrion at the moment. Mm-hmm. So conflicted between when he was walking through the battle scenes and he saw the ash and all the fallen soldiers, and you had the reins of Castamere, you know, their house 
song playing very somberly um he, 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 and the way he reacted to Daenerys just opting to burn these people alive in front of onlookers i mean it was amazing mm. you know king uh king Ares, her father burnt um brandon and rickard stark in front of the court in the uh, throne room and that is one of the ongoing discussions throughout the books like you hear about how ned's father and brother went down to see Ares and he held them prisoner and burnt them alive in the throne room um, because they didn't bend the knee um, and it, there's a lot of parallels being drawn here which we'll touch on later on in the episode but question um, for, for thinking on um, obviously we see those parallels because we know so much more about the background of the Targaryen rulers being book readers yeah. do you think from a, a TV show only Perspective, if you're talking about just being a watcher, not a reader, do you think you view that differently? I think people know. I think it's been brought up enough. I think, especially in the first series, I remember when Jamie said to Ned, RIP, you know, I remember when the Mad King burned your father and your brother. And like when I like, killed him, it felt like justice. That, so yeah. that yeah. is a long time ago, but I do think as a, if it's a show watcher, there have been parallels drawn with Ares and with Daenerys and I do think for me although I was shocked I thought this is Game of Thrones because no one probably bar Jon Snow is fully good so you think oh Daenerys is the queen we want and you think "Mm, this is this the right thing to do they were given a choice and they were noble but bending the knee doesn't really take anything and you could have just done it and you didn't and Daenerys isn't fully like flowers and roses which is not really that it's all about shades of shades of grey yeah and it really it went back to that which it hasn't been for a while I don't think and that's why I thought this episode was such a throwback to you know no one's really good or evil and we were I watching it I was like oh god and I kind of felt I did think oh like they're very noble for not wanting to bend the knee but then you think just do it but then when she's like oh like you can't take the back and he's like you're not my queen and I did think yeah you're not anyone's queen yet so who are you to give orders on what they should and shouldn't do dragons um, yeah dragons so just do it just but dragons obviously it was very noble and I felt sad a little bit sad for Dickon which I didn't think I would and dad's like no just just when he like shook his head I just take bend the knee and he's like no and for Randall Tarly that was a nice little moment of um He's such a hard, stern man. We know what he's, how he's treated Samuel before. That mm. moment where he, 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 you know, he pleads with his son not, you know, not to follow in his footsteps. He would never have shown that mercy to Sam, I'm sure. Yeah, and he gra- he does grab his son at the end before they get burnt alive, rather horrifically. It was you know, quite horrific. Pretty yes. horrific, but it's a nice little tender moment. At least he showed a little bit of vulnerability just before he died, which mm. was, you know, little wins, little quick wins for everyone. Mm. Um, it was quite quick, though, wasn't it? Yeah, like well, you get the impression with the. Uh, with, with um, the Mad King's burnings, that it was a long. It was over a fire. Yeah. This was like, oh yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna press the on button and then you're, you've turned into ash immediately. I mean, I, mean, I don't Which, really want to be burnt alive, Gaz. To be honest, that's pretty. Just bend the knee. Just bend the knee. Yes, yeah, yeah. probably. I think probably, John should bend the knee. Frankly, no. are you mad? Just do it. What, like, yeah, what, mad. Does it, what does it matter? What do you mean? What does it matter? Definitely not. Burnt definitely the knee. not. Definitely not. Can't just be king. It definitely all. matters. Let's see. <laughs> No, I don't. I think. I mean, we'll, we'll get on to that later. She, he's not being threatened with burning, though, so he can kind of hold out a bit longer. He, he's only burning because eyes he's for him. Smouldering, smouldering. Yeah. Eh? Threatened by smouldering, <laughs> sexy and just. Um, cool scene. 
John finally interacting with a dragon up close and personal. It almost looked like not a puppet. I can't think of the right word. But Animatronic is the yeah, word you're looking for. Maybe those. it was, but it was. It seemed very much like it was there. Nice to see Daenerys's reaction. She's not seen a dragon react to someone like that. Obviously, when Tyrion approached them a few series ago, she was not there to see it. Um, it was a short scene. But it was nice. I did wonder why John would just be like, take my glove off, touch a dragon. But maybe he just got the overwhelming He's king urge. Of the north. You, you don't bend no knee, no one. Yes, but, you know, would you not flee from a dragon? He hasn't seen what they've just done, but I'm sure he can imagine. However, yeah, it was a nice moment. It's a Targaryen urge. Mm. Targaryen urge. It I is mean. a Targaryen urge, I guess, just to be close to dragons. And, yeah, I thought Oops. the CGI was on point. Really good. He realised... They're gorgeous beasts, aren't they? <laughs> Why use gorgeous? There's no, not a word you use to describe beasts. a dragon. It was like, that's, that's a weird, really weird thing to say. Yeah. Um, it, um, it just felt like only fools and horses or something, didn't it? Like, don't know, come on. Um, Gareth, can you do Drogon, but in your John's ghost accent? Hey, Drogon. There it is. Come on, lad. Don't worry. <laughs> Does anyone think that obviously, if for people who don't know much about, who haven't read the books, and who, who aren't, honestly, some people are still genuinely confused about John's parentage. So I think it's good that we point out that John is a Targaryen at this point. It's confirmed he is a literal. Well, hold on. Well, well, we'll come on to that later. <laughs> he is. A Targaryen. He is a Targaryen. He's a Targaryen. So. Yes. The fact that Drogon and him interacted is actually very, very important. In the books, as a character, I think it's Brown Ben Plum. He's got like a little bit of um, Targaryen blood. And I think I think the dragons, like Marine, when Daenerys has them, don't attack him. They let him approach and touch the dragon. And it's, it is because he's got an ounce of Targaryen blood. Or I think everyone at home is really glad that Brown Ben Plum got a shout out. Of his <laughs> books, hey, he's a good character. Don't knock Brown Ben. Do not knock Brown yeah. Ben here. Brown Ben Plum yeah, is, on, uh, right, he is a good character in the book. And it's funny because he's like, he's the sort of guy, he's like a, he's like a salesman in the, um, like a con artist in the yeah. book. That's the, the impression that he gives. But if you, and I'm sure you have, if you read um, A World of Ice and Fire. Which we have. They've got his um, family tree, and he wasn't lying. He is actually part Targaryen. There you go. And, see, uh, you were lying. Yeah, I just don't remember Brown Ben's past. Gaz, do you know what? I'm offended. The fact that you know Lucy and Emma having a go. Me and you, very two well versed historians. We were of not Westeros. having a go. No, I just go. thought it was funny that Brown Ben Plum got a shout out. That's all. Well, you got it's a shout a out the minor name. characters. Jesus. Can we move on from BBP, please? Yeah, I can't <laughs> but it's a long episode. I'm going to dedicate as many <laughs> minutes as I can. No. To this little character no um okay what do you reckon to the actually awesome scene of uh bran which you know he didn't speak that much this episode which was kind of cool um but we saw the ravens flying um from winterfell over Eastwatch, and then seeing the army of the dead what did you think about that so you know the feelings about bran creepy creepy bran um however the fact he didn't speak was quite spectacular uh and i did think that <laughs> It was a nice reminder of the fact that he can also experience the present from a distance as well as the past and possibly the future, and probably the future. Um, I, I thought the Night King was pretty terrifying in that close-up and yeah. the kind of terror of the ravens. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, I just can't get on the programme with a three-eyed raven. It's a bit 
out there, isn't it? It's a bit boring, to be honest. I think... It's going to come in handy. It will come in handy. It will come in handy, but I do think it's a little bit uh, deus ex machina, you know. It's going to serve whatever needs it needs to serve. But the Raven shot was really cool. Obviously... I like the fact that the uh, Knights King and Bran seem to have this little awareness, little of awareness of each other, this little rivalry growing, and that could be quite cool. Like, I, I do like the fact that they're sort of like arch nemesis, you know. Um, obviously, Bran oh, Nemes- is it nemeside? Is it nemeses? Nemeses, arch nemeses. But yeah, that was a cool scene. I mean, the fact that they sent the Ravens out to all of Westeros, I thought that was quite cool. Like trying to warn everyone and that goes nicely into the next scene with um the maester's grand council having a little chat around the table that sam just walks into um gaz what do you think what do you think about that scene that scene bro see this i love i actually loved this because it was exactly what it would be like like their shit banter like oh well wasn't this just like um Damon the fourth when he decided that his council should be it was ridiculous like yeah. the 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 wise men banter that um that I had it was so good but um also realistic for them to be kind of resistant to the idea of of all this stuff they're like they're living in denial of it all and um, do you think wise they, men should they, be like blind to knowledge like that because they're well, writing the tomes on various experiences some of which include the white walkers and dragons and then they're completely like this obviously can't happen again I feel yes, like it's very uh, ignorant as supposed wise men shout out to Jim Broadbent because his inclusion in anything no, makes wicked. everything better he's, he, he's spectacular he's really good I'm, so, I'm probably not going to see him again now but he was oh, absolutely what? awesome Tyrion and various little scene talking in the Dragonstone throne room was I thought was excellent. Um, uh, and what do you think about that scene? With you know, Varys obviously has strict reservations about the way that Danny's been acting. Do you know what my favourite bit of that scene was? Is that I have drinks like that after work when I've had a bad day. <laughs> and that is what it felt like. It felt like they've just... We said this before, like last week, about how they seem so out of the loop about everything and they're just a bit bit useless at the moment. And it's like they finally got to the point where just need a big bottle of Dornish Red and let's just get shit-faced and talk it through. Yeah. As much as I love them both as characters, they've lost a bit of their power in the fact that they've isolated themselves yeah. by hooking up with Danny. Yeah. And obviously not physically. Um, and that... <laughs> you talk about Tyrion being awesome. He's been a bit dull. He's been a bit not Tyrion for a while because he he's not... He hasn't been any use, has he? No, he's been a bit crap. But, and, um, but I think that, that there was finally a point where he, he was quite silent in that conversation in terms of any kind of opinions, whereas Varys was a little bit more forthcoming. Varys like, you need to control her. It's like, he has literally just tried to do so and failed. Like, clearly didn't He's work. like, oh, my lady, my grace, you do this. You could take, make them take the black. Um, do this, do that. He's just like, no. Nah. I also what think can, What can he do, there's Varys? There's a certain point where he, if Tyrion pushes too much, he just becomes a bit desperate. Mm, and she will isolate him and push him away. She'll burn him. I mean, yeah. obviously she probably doesn't want to listen to Tyrion too much at this stage, considering that Tyrion essentially lost her three allies in Westeros. Three of the seven kingdoms are now mm. pretty much not hers. Um, 
But at the same time, you know, Vera said that she won't become the Mad King with the right counsel. And I don't think the onus is just on Tyrion. It's on everyone. Yeah, it's on Varys. It's on Tyrion. And now it's even on John. You can see that John, John clearly has an effect on her. Mm. And I think a John, John and Tyrion, Varys sort of counsel will just really, really sort her out if it ever comes to that. I mean, I, I never think John will bend the knee personally but at least he'll advise her they could get married who knows incest marriage why not I think and this is way off topic now but I think I think John isn't going to make it to the end of the series big prediction bro I mean that's my big prediction of the day I don't think either of them are going to make it to the end of the series how do you think about that either of who I don't think Danny or John make it to the end of the show I think they both mm. die. Who's king and queen then? Davos, Davos the king for me, but we'll come on to that later. Dora as his hand. Okay. I'm proud. Pretty good. And uh, Ben, Brown Ben Plum. <laughs> You've made this up. No, read the books again. John finds out that uh, Arya and Bran are still alive. I thought he'd be happier, to be honest with you. I thought he was a bit, bit weird reaction. Yeah, I agree. A bit disappointed, I thought. I mean, he, he literally... I thought dead. <laughs> Well, it's great news, mate. Well, I mean, he is creepy, and I kind of wish he was a bit dead. And Sorry. and I, it's like, what the? Why, why, why are you mad? Why are you literally mad about this? This is mental. Absolutely fuming. Um, now I've got to buy him birthday presents again for the last <laughs> years. Just needles every year. Just buy needle every year for Aya. Fuck knows what you get, brand now. Um, new, new chair, new wheelchair. Oh for my every god! Year. They all sitting around the painted table, and they come up with this. This uh, bit of a crazy scheme. I'm not sure I'm 100% invested in it. To go and capture a zombie, essentially, a white, and then take it to Cersei in King's Landing. Let's just find In King's Landing, like... Yeah, we time travel now. Where they assume that Cersei isn't just going to go... You know, she, you know, she's prepared to literally do anything to win. She blew up the Scepter Baylor. She will literally do anything to win. She she could just kill them on the spot, but they want to go north of the wall, risk their lives, capture a white, bring it back to Cersei, where they're probably going to get killed because Cersei's a maniac, um, just to convince her that the army are dead there when she probably wouldn't give a fuck even if they showed it to her. But in reality, that whole process is going to take about four years. I mean, it would take about three books, but we seem to be, you know getting onto it's it very fast I would describe as madcap if I was being polite <laughs> and stonkingly mad unrealistic like why don't we just get her a white and show her oh yeah I got a white once and I won't, <laughs> I, I, won't once. I won't mention how that ended because it was in fire and blood like you're just going to go north find a white just pluck one out of the army yep. so the nice king's probably going to see you like, it's one of those crane it's games it's one of those crane games yeah. drop the crane well you down never get them I played enough in Japan you never get no. the toy Pikachu is never yours so the white will never be yours it's a very it's a sort of thing that could be suggested and then someone wise potentially Davos should go Will you agree? So we all agree that's a stupid plan. Can we just all agree yeah. that we're yeah. not really I mean, behind it? I mean, I think. No, that- hold on, hold on. Can I? It, it is a stupid plan. It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. But it's quite fun, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, you've I mean, got this, this cool adventure. little crew going up. They There's look like something out of an RPG, like team, where you've got, um, like, one of them's a healer, and then you've got like a tank and yeah. a, an archer. It's pretty cool. 
Like, it's ridiculous, but I, it's quite cool. I think it is cool. I don't... If this happens in the books, I will just... I just can't believe that George would come up with this little Avengers plan. It's literally like Avengers 2, Raid mm. on the North. I don't know why, you know... It's, there's been two it's, Avengers, it's, so it'll be Avengers 3. Well, yeah, obviously... I know how many Avengers they've been losing. Why would it be Avengers 2? I don't know. I just went for number two. I thought it would be the third one. Um, Sansa taking uh, counsel from the Lords of the uh, North who seem to literally hate John for some reason. Don't really understand. I don't get it. I I literally don't get it. Gaz, what do you think about that, bro? Oh, man, it annoys me so much. The King of the North should stay in the North. He's he's a supposed to be a king he's supposed to go and do visits to places yeah like i mean how backwards is that society where they can't fathom the idea of somebody not being in the north for a bit like I, I get it i know that 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 ned had his comeuppance when he went down there but yeah and this, and his this, father and his father and his brother and yeah his brother. Right. but you know things have got to be done like you can't you can't just expect him to he, he's trying I, I don't know the stupidity of people in the show sometimes and to be fair in the books sometimes is baffling they know that they have this army of dead people that is coming for them and they know that he's trying to to sort this out and give them a few more uh, a, a bit of a fighting chance and yet yeah. they're using that as an excuse to get angry at him stupid um, as for like Sansa's response um, it was alright like I know uh, I was obviously annoyed about it but it was kind of balanced and non-committal and I think she justified it quite well actually mm. she, you know it might be fun to cut off people's heads I'm sure it's not but um, it might be fun to cut off people's heads but that's not how you you know you keep people on your side I don't even think it was a balance between, you know, keeping people on your side or cutting people's heads off. Stand up for your goddamn brother who's the king in the north. She's wet and she yeah, hacks me off. But I think Arya, like, you've literally just arrived back. You think you're fucking cock of the walk. She's like, oh, we need to she do this, is. we need to do that. Nah, I do think Sansa's having to hold it. it. That is her role. You've been here ten minutes, you don't know anything about politics, and you're like, oh, you need to do this, and you need to stand up for your brother. Like... Well, she kind of did. She was like, well, the King of the North has his reasons. He's doing what he needs to do. Like, just allow it. He, she was just trying to buy time. I really did not appreciate Arya's attitude to it. And then when she was like, my lady. It's like, yeah, she's your lady. Like, where have you even been? You, oh, no, you, you're Arya. like versed in the ways of Essos. You don't know about Westeros. Okay? Mm. Shut up. She mm. really annoyed me, I have to say. Oh, well. Well, wow. that's fine, because Sansa really annoyed me. So. Okay. Well, now we're at the Oh, my God. Well, Good. I think Men, that peacemaker. Sa- Sansa's development's come a long way, and I think that although she's obviously she, she does seem to be good as a leader like you know but they've she's all she's talking about is wheat as no one else noticed that all she's talking about is wheat and I know food's important yeah it's not starve without wheat well, it will starve out good point good very good point Sansa Just we're going to put you in charge of the food she was basically trying to keep the peace and I do think Arya you've literally just turned out your what how old are you now 15 but in the show I didn't appreciate it's like, oh, just cut a few heads off. It's like, okay, because that really worked out well. Like, that was not, rational. That wasn't a rational, yeah. you know, suggestion. It's not not the same thing. But and I think, think it was a good a mirroring between her and Daenerys, that ruthlessness that they both have, but maybe point. from not being in Westeros. Very good point. And mirrored with Cersei as well, as in, like, order or power at any cost, whereas Sansa's a bit more measured. And, yeah, maybe a bit wet, but... 
she's a realist, like, well, that doesn't work, Arya, you mental assassin. Next, we had the smuggling scenes. There's three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the smuggling of Tyrion into King's Landing is first returned from after the season, I think it was season four finale when he killed Tywin mm-hmm. and then fled. Yep. Um, what did you think about, uh, first of all, Davos smuggling Tyrion into King's Landing and then secondly, the meeting that uh, Bronn sort of anchored between Jaime and Tyrion? Well, um, genuinely, the meeting between Jaime and Tyrion like, made me well up. It was it was quite a brief meeting, but I thought the dialogue and the acting was really good. Like Tyrion saying, "I didn't ask to be born like this," and James just like, "I don't want to hear it." Um, and welling up, genuinely. Yeah, they were both. They the acting was superb. Um, very emotional moment for them to be reunited. You could see a lot. I feel Nikolai. I'm not going to go through his whole name. Costa Walder. He shows very. He shows so much emotions in his face. Like disgust, fear, pain, upset, very, very well for someone as sort of classically good looking, whatever. I think he does it very well. And obviously, Peter Dinklage is without peer, I think. I thought it was an amazing scene. I really liked it. And just Davos's sort of piratey ways coming back and smuggling, smuggling, which is a word, um, smuggling ways coming back as well. I really enjoyed it as a scene and just the kind of old school. Back in King's Landing, doing bits. I really enjoyed it. Are we talking about the whole King's Landing part? Yeah, we'll go, why don't we move on to the uh, bit I where Davos, Davos meets Gendry. I've got to say, like... Called it, didn't I? Didn't know. You did call it. it. You did thought call you were joking, um, and obviously didn't know you must be psychic. It, that has got to be one of my favourite parts of this episode. Because yes, we've been talking for about a year about whether he's still Rowan. Yeah. And then the actual joke. I yeah. thought, you st- thought you were still Rowan. That was great. That's my dad boss impression. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just... Decent. And then he just got better and better the way he threw down that, you know, threw down the whatever he was hammering away with, the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> grabbed his bag and was like yeah ready let's go and Davos is like no 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 wait and then they get down and then there's that really tense moment when the two um, guards come down to the mm. beach and then it's all alright and then great to see a wheel and a hammer and then oh my god boff boff mm. done and he's like yeah no you know his what his father's son you are your father's son yeah Kick-ass. I mean I did love the way that um he's chosen the Warhammer as his literal weapon. Mm. I mean, that couldn't be any more... Fa- I don't know if that's fan service or anything, but that's just amazing. I don't care. It's, it's just fitting, it. isn't it? It's just if fitting. If you're going to bring him back yeah. with a weapon. I mean, obviously, just to just to make sure everyone knows, he is the last Baratheon. He is literally... He's not legitimate. He's a bastard. He's Robert's last bastard. All the others were killed by Cersei, uh, I think it was at the start of the second season. Yeah. Um so he is literally the last Baratheon or any man or woman alive with Baratheon blood in, in Westeros. So I'm hoping, and this is just a prediction, that him and Arya, who had such a lovely oh. uh, connection when they were travelling on the King's Road, when they were you know heading up to the wall or whatever. And Arya was five. And Arya was like five years old and now she's, she's grown into a woman. I'm really hoping that they can sort of rekindle something and he can bring a bit more humanity out of Arya um, but you know just to have Gendry back is amazing I'm also it, real keen on the uh, budding bromance yeah. that we have seen this episode the new Ned and um, Robert yeah. even though John's not Bobby. his son Ned and Bobby Ned and Bob 
I mean, Robert. I mean, yeah, the the Ned um, and Robert sort of ties with uh, John and Gendry were amazing when they first meet, and I'm I love that bit. We're, I'm really hoping that next week. Um, obviously, we know that the penultimate episode in every season is like their big episodes. That's weird saying that considering the season has had quite a lot of battles in it. I mean, how um, immense is next week going to be? Though? Next week's going to be immense. But I just I the idea of John wielding Longclaw and then Gendry with a warhammer taking down some White Walkers is just is just amazing. I can't get over how good that's going to be. Next Along week. with the rest of that gang which includes Jura, the Hound, and Beric Dondarrion. And Thoros, with oh. his flaming sword. Just, just, just a little thought. Obviously, Robert wielded a hammer and he killed uh, John's father, who he doesn't know yeah. yet. Killed his father with a hammer on the Battle of the Trident. Whoa. So will there be... I mean, it's not, obviously not Gendry's fault, but obviously there's, there's, there could potentially be animosity there in the future, although they've got this brotherly love now. It, is that a sign of things to come? No, they don't have... Um, they don't have enough of a connection to their respective fathers to, for yeah. it to be overly emotional if yeah. they find that stuff out, you know? Yeah. Um, but Gendry especially. Yeah. Yeah, man. And when the two of them met, it was like it was felt like felt like stepbrothers, didn't it? Like I thought yeah. they were going to rush off and build a bunk bed and what? Like, <laughs> so much room for activities. Jamie confesses to Cersei about meeting Tyrion, which was the, I, I thought this scene was a bit heavy-handed. I mean, I, 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 like the other Jamie and Cersei scene, yeah. I'm, I just don't buy it. I just don't. I just don't buy this. Do you think that's because we don't buy them anymore? I don't buy. It. I, I mean, I, maybe it's being it's As just been forced this way. It's just been forced this way. I'd be amazed if it happens like this in the books that Jamie is just this this uh, manipulated. I mean, and we see. We see Cersei saying she's pregnant. I mean, my eyes just rolled into the back of my head when I heard this. I mean, she's, in my opinion, manipulating Jamie in the only way that she can now manipulate Jamie. She senses that he doesn't believe they can win the war. She needs to fuel him again with some sort of purpose, and a baby is the only way that she sees to do this. Do you know what, though? When I, when I first walked into that scene, I um, I thought she was talking to Tyburn because... Um, and they were talking about her getting rid of the baby because mm. they'd done that before, and I thought mm-hmm. that was what was happening. So when she came out with mm. this ridiculous... Maybe oh, she was. You know, there might be an, another reason. I just wanted to punch Jamie for being so goddamn weak about his weird, incestuous children. He doesn't care about them. He He's does not care about, about them. So why, why so is he, why is he being swayed by it? I don't, I don't know. Just... Oh. In the books, he doesn't care about them necessarily. He has fleeting thoughts towards them. Um, and in the show, he just, he, he's, he, you know, the first episode of the Quite season, flippant. he was like, mm. our baby boy jumped out the window. It's like, he would never, <laughs> ever describe Tommen as his baby boy. Like, I think he was ashamed mm. of Tommen in books. Oh, yeah, he was weak. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It's just, it's very un-Jamie. But this whole pregnancy ploy, what do you reckon, Gaz? Absolute bollocks. <laughs> Well, um, what do you mean? Do you mean, do you, are you saying that you think she's lying? Yeah. Because she's not lying. I think she's lying, think. bro. No, because I don't think so, because Jamie wasn't supposed to walk in on that conversation with Kyber. Okay. And I think, I'm pretty sure he was saying, do you want me to give you something for it? Like, as in, like... Um, oh, so I was right. What? 
moon tea. Moon tea is what they give pregnant women to. Yeah, bas- it's basically the morning after pill for ladies. Um, As opposed to men. Well, ladies in the terms of, you know, Westerosi, highborn, you know, peasant girls don't get don't get the moon tea. So they just, they just don't babies. get it. They just have the babies. Excellent. Let's move just, on for that one. This is, but, this um, is what you see in, you know, in developing countries. We don't really say developing countries anymore. Um, less economically developed countries in yeah. the world. Excellent. The, the poor people just pop babies out because they don't have, they don't have the moon no tea. No moon tea. No moon tea, bro. But I did um, feel like with Jamie, when she said, never betray me again, his face, he was kind of like... Hmm, what the fuck? I, there was maybe, I don't know, but I, for me, I felt that he was like, I'm being played. And maybe next episode he'll kill her and then we'll all be happy. We would be. Yeah. Um, if it is a legitimate actual pregnancy and she's going to keep it, what about Maggie's prophecy? That's right. That's exactly Just right. Just occurred to me. So obviously you'll have three chat. So you'll have uh, back in season at the start of season four, very oh, first scene of season four. Um, you had a flashback scene where you see that Cersei goes to meet Maggie the Frog, who is this mystic woman who lives out in the forest outside Castle Rock. And she predicts that she, that she will marry the king, but not the king that she thinks, which is true. She would, she, mm-hmm. she thought she was going to marry Rhaegar, and she married Robert. You'll have three children, and Golden will be their shrouds. Obviously, the three and their deaths. Crowns. Golden will be their crowns, three blonde children, and Gold will be their shrouds, their funerals. They're all dead children. They're all dead. And eventually, someone will come along. Who a, a, a prettier princess who will overthrow you essentially? Who will replace you? And you will end by your younger brother's hand. Yes, and your younger siblings. You, and your younger brother will kill you. The, well, the actual is Valenquart will kill you, which in um, High Valyrian. High Valyrian means, means little, little brother. brother. So here's two questions. Um, one: If she has another child. Is it Jamie's or is it not? Because if it's not a golden crown, that's golden one challenge. way they can get around it. Two, and if so Tyrion is the third head of the dragon, then it is only Jamie that will kill Cersei. Yeah. I well, mean, well, I was just going to say, they, they make a point of mentioning it quite a bit in the book that Jamie came out second. Like, yes. he is, Holding he is the little brother. He like, is the little brother. Yeah. Points. She, was, she was born just before him. He came out with her basically but just after so it, it comes up a few times so I, yeah. that's not something that needs to be brought up unless oh I suppose it could be a red herring but um, mm. it seems very much like it It would lead you to think um, that it would be Jamie who kills her eventually could be a red probably herring, before herring. this baby is born if there is a baby I don't think there is a baby I think you know Maggie like Em I think Maggie the Frogs predict I mean this the whole book series and the show is based a lot of it is prophecy and, and how you interpret these prophecies but the Maggie the Frog prophecy is the only one that I can think of or one of the only ones which has so far accurate. been 100% accurate mm-hmm. like like Unless there is a baby, but it isn't a golden crowned baby, and therefore Jamie realises it's not his baby, and then the little brother finally kills the sister. That drives a wedge. Because if that had that much of an impact on him, Mm. if her saying she was pregnant, could finding out it wasn't his child do the same I mean, who's fucking at the mountain? I mean, she's got no concubine. I mean, who knows? Any man could be fucking her. Kyber. 
Ugh. The mountain has Joffrey's face. That would be horrific. <laughs> what oh do you mean God. the mountain has Joffrey's face? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the rumour, is that it's his face, isn't it? Again, again, oh, nightmare. for fuck's sake, that is literal nightmare stuff, isn't it? Also, she probably would yeah. shag that. That's disgusting. You can keep that in. Yeah. Um, no, but that's, that's really good, though. Like, is, that what, is that what she says to him? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I almost lost my arboration then. Oh, I thought it was worth raising Maggie the Frog. No, no, 100%. Good. Very good point. 100%. And a lot of people, and in the show, they haven't, they have never said that the Valenquil, or little brother, will kill Cersei. In, in the show, they only stopped, they stopped at the deaths of the have children. So Ooh. the only place where the Valenquil is prevalent is in the books. So a lot of people who just watch the show do don't have this hint. And I think they've kept that so that the, so that the surprise of Jamie killing Cersei which I think I think we all agree here will happen at some point I think that would be such a lovely turnaround for his character whereas in the books we're sort of expecting it we know Tyrion's not going to do it like I mean if Tyrion did kill Cersei I I would actually be surprised I think his character's come a long way and I still don't think he would do that Um, Mm. although seeing his emotion today or this evening um, in the episode yeah you know in, in how devastated he is by the fact that people hate him for something he never chose to be yeah he doesn't hate her the way she hates him though. yeah I mean no, he, he's he's never he, yeah he you know, I don't want to he has got a good soul it, it seems like a pointless scene but he's an absolutely massive scene is where we get Sam transcribing some scrolls uh, for the for the maesters and Gilly's sitting there really annoyingly reading to him like do you know how many steps there are in the citadel do you know how many windows there are in the sept of Baylor? I mean very very annoying and then out of nowhere she says what does a annulment mean and then you're like wait a minute what was she talking about this here this is important this Ragar Targaryen said they annulled his marriage to Elia of Dawn so that he could marry yeah. someone else. I, I actually, I started that, at the start of that scene, I was like, oh, bloody hell, with Gilly again. They've done so well to not have her talking nonsense for oh this whole God. series. Yeah. And then she was there blabbering on. Right, it wasn't like nonsense a, though, was it? Well, well, this is the thing. Turns out to be one of the, the most important things that has maybe ever been said in a way um but sam ignores it but crucially really importantly i think he takes the book with him doesn't yes. he? he gave he gave the book to little sam so yes. thank god that could come up hopefully uh, this is the thing it could be that they just drop that in and then that's it we never see it again because i don't no, know how much no. difference it, it would actually make to drop it away so um but I hope it is revisited. So, for anyone who, who doesn't know, uh, we talked about earlier. John is a Targaryen, um, and now it, we there was always the thought that if Rhaegar had stolen Lyanna and never married her or, or nulled his marriage to Elia, he would always still John would still be a bastard. Um, mm. He he wouldn't be a exactly legitimate Targaryen. So there has been a school of thought in the books and in the show that that Rhaegar, after taking Lyanna and potentially with the support of Elia, annulled their marriage because Elia adored Rhaegar and she, she, there was a lot of thought that saying that she she wanted him to fulfil the prophecy and the prophecy he believed that he would father 
the prince that was promised. He he believed this. So Elia maybe enabled that, allowed the annulment, and then Rhaegar to marry Lyanna and have this child. Legitimate child. Legitimate child, which is John Snow, or what everyone thinks he's called, Jaehaerys Targaryen. But I think it will come back. I think season eight, when John, I don't think John's getting back to Winterfell this season. I don't think he's getting back to Winterfell this season. I Lord think. Royce will be furious. <laughs> the Northern Lords are going to, you know, be pissed off. He left and went south and now he's gone too far north. This <laughs> yeah. man has no yeah. compass. He's, yeah, <laughs> he should be in the north. He's fucking north. Should should say, north. Too north. It should say sort of in the north. The <laughs> specific the area of the in north. the north. This specific oh castle in the north, God. not that far north, mate. I mean, John. I think season eight we're going to see we're going to see Bran when he finally sees John, which I think will be season eight, and I think we're going to see Sam when he finally gets back to Winterfell, which will be in an episode because you know You'll never ever sees Trap and Class again. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll I think we'll get the resolution of that. But what what do you guys think, um, Luce? What do you think about Samwell being? I mean, we haven't touched upon it, but Samwell is now the Lord. Of uh, Horn Hill. It didn't, didn't actually occur to me until you just said it. Um, I don't know. As I said while we were watching it, I mean, he's he's been sent to be a maester. Is he technically still part of the Night's Watch? Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he can't take any titles, surely. I know everyone now just leaves because there's no one really in charge. I mean, there's there's a lot going on at the moment. I think yeah. we're allowed a bit of uh, license. Bit of license to drop your. Vows. I don't think it, I. I don't think it will end up coming to anything that he's now the Lord of One Hill. Penultimate scene was Littlefinger finally doing something this season because um, he's been absolutely useless. I mean, so basically, the the, the premise is I is stalking him creepily for a change, not the other way around. And then he gets a scroll from uh, Maester Walkin uh, because Maester Lewin kept such good records. And then Arya finds the scroll and then we see that Littlefinger potentially orchestrated that whole situation and was watching her, trying to manipulate her. So, uh, Em, what do you think about that? Well, Lucy and I were talking about this earlier while you weren't here, um, that we aren't quite sure what was on that scroll. And I feel like Len or Gareth being... Len's written it down. I've written it down. now I know. I've really oh, so I, I did some research as well. Okay, Gaz, do you want to take this one? Yeah, go on, Gaz. So this was, I believe, the letter that Sansa was forced to write uh, when she was in King's Landing. Yeah. Oh. By to say, you know, um, well, father has, um, you know, but, gone off the rails. Yeah. He's turned into a nut, nutbag. Uh, but, um, <laughs> nutbag <laughs> dad's a bullbag and that's, I think that's what she said isn't it yeah um, yeah and um, don't worry they're, they're treating me really well and I love it here she told uh, so it was, to, it was to Rob her brother Rob back in season one very very long time ago oh, so is that season one season one wow. and it was essentially what you know when Rob declared war uh, on the crown and uh, because he knew that that wasn't really Sansa's words and that was Cersei talking through Sansa. But Gaz, what do you think Arya thinks of all that? Well, this is the thing. She, I think it's been built up to be some crazy thing, but she was there at that time. Like, she would know what it was like. In King's Landing. In King's Landing, you mean, yeah? Yeah, yeah, sorry. In King's Landing, she shouldn't be in a position where she goes... Um, she shouldn't be pissed off at Sansa for seeing that note now. That, 
that doesn't make any sense to me. I think she needs she she should realistically totally understand what that note is about, and it should have zero impact. But it won't have zero impact because otherwise they wouldn't have done this little Scooby Doo episode between <laughs> Littlefinger and Aya hiding around corners. And it was it was hilarious. But um, uh, it, I, I thought that it might have been some kind of um, some kind of note about a conspiracy. And to be fair, Littlefinger duped me as well as he duped Arya because he obviously set that up, mm. that whole thing. Is it the same note as what he allegedly hid, though? Or is there something else? Good point. Mm. Well, well, yeah. I read the a double, lot of yeah. crime thrillers. The double, the double bluff. It's true. I, I do think that Littlefinger's been pretty useless this season and he's literally been... St- shown up every time he's talked to any character um mainly Sansa I'll give her credit for that yeah and I think um I thought he was just going to be killed within the next two episodes but it looks like he's going to survive to the season finale uh, uh, it looks like there's going to be a crisis of confidence between the the Stark sisters and hopefully Bran steps in and actually does something fucking useful anywhere, and it? says look no this guy's you know I can see everything this guy's just been a dick so just kill him basically that's what i'm hoping for whether it happens or not is um is a different story but um moving on to the avengers of westeros um <laughs> approaching eastwatch <laughs> approaching eastwatch we literally i mean we talked about it earlier but is is it fan service to have this group of characters together ranging beyond the wall hunting a white uh, when we know there's about 100,000 of them, literally. They don't, they don't just walk off on their own. They are all just together in an army. Um, what do you think about that, Luce? What do you think about uh, <laughs> the, the ragtag companions, the fellowship, if it were? Mm. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do the tune. Um, I enjoyed <laughs> it. It's fun, but it like is a bit silly. And also, when did we last see the Hound and, and Ep- the Episode one. Yeah, so... Oh, it might be two. Well, so I think it might have been two. two. I think it might have been two, yeah. So they, we haven't seen them since, and I, I don't always enjoy it when it's just like, oh, they've turned up here. We'll never know what actually happened to them to get here. That annoys yeah. me a bit. And I also think they they want to go and fight the whites, but it's like there's four of you. Is that going to be I quite like that any little ragtag group, though, because they're all... How are they? How? What difference will they make though against the, is, the might of the whites? They're all a bit shit and a bit useless, but a bit cool, and they seem to come out on top. They're very cool, and I love the and Hound I, very much. That actually is most of my favourite characters in one group. Um, you just want to put what, Brienne in there so she can get a sexy time. Beric thinking when he's like, "We need to go north of the Wall." Just us for what? What is he going to do? I know he's got his flaming sword. Yeah. Maybe he's the prince that's promised. But <laughs> don't think he does. No, probably not. And obviously, Thoros has some power because he keeps bringing it back to life. But I do one. I query what they thought they were going to achieve. And now it's like, let's find a white to take back to King's Landing, which we've all agreed is ridiculous. But I did enjoy it just on a general, like, mindless level. It's fun to see them all together. The Avengers, like, um, let's all team up. The unlikely allies. We've never seen fun. them all together. I mean, no. no, we've never seen like, them all together. John hand in hand with the hound, pretty. I mean, you've got, you've got John... You've got the Hound, you've got Gendry, you've got Beric, you've got Thoros. Uh, 
And you've got Sajora oh, as well. We haven't I mentioned even Sajora. Can we give oh, him we five minutes? Sajora, that is Not bad. mentioned his return. Uh, and I love Sajora, and I'm really happy to see him okay, back. Okay, quick segue to Sajora, reunite with Danny. That was absolutely amazing. England. I want them to end up together. There, I said it. What uh, rock star. Jorah's not making it out of this. That out of this. He has though. Grayscale. Next week he could be in trouble. He'll be I mean, eaten by a dragon. Well, that would be mad, wouldn't it? He goes through all that trouble to cure Grayscale, and then he goes ranging. I mean, what is he thinking? He's just cured Grayscale. Just at, take a couple of weeks off, bro. Take a couple of weeks oh, off. He loves his queen. We I mean, all thought that he couldn't cure Grayscale, and then Samuel Tarly, who is on his first attempt, the most useless person ever. He he. Oh, he's is, not useless. He killed a white. No, I adore him, but he did. Like, that by accident. No, by I, let, accident. I let you get away with this earlier. Uh, but yeah, what, what are you talking about? Sam Samuel is um, he's a useful. good guy. Just because he's overweight, you're having a go. No, That's I'm fucking mental. not. Again, All right, I'm having a go because he's just a bit, you know, bumbly. Sam's proven his worth, there, Mike. I, yeah. I, I think Sam. I'm not he's saying not he hasn't, but he's still a bit thick. Not in the intellectual manner, but in the. You mean common sense, potentially, is what you mean. Dim. He's like saved Jorah. Do you just mean like that he's got Gideon no reflexes and, and he can't run? Because that, that isn't thick, that's just fat. No, that's not what I mean. He's thick. Next week, I'll come back with an explanation of why yes. I really dislike Sam. Homework. Oh, I love Sam. He needs a haircut, though. Oh, my God. Well, but we love Sajora. So yeah, back to that. I'm really happy um, with him. So they're now that that whole ragtag group are ranging north of the wall. The episode ends with them just going through the gate. I mean, and it's a pretty cool shot. You've got it that is cool. six or seven of them or whatever it is. I'm looking forward to seeing their adventure. What do you think is gonna happen next week? Well, I mean you said it earlier, so the penultimate episode of a season is always the biggest, really, isn't Someone's it? Someone's gonna die. So I think a lot of people are gonna die. There's gotta go- be some kick outs like white dying stuff let's go around the room and have some death predictions because there's going to be deaths there's going to be deaths next week there is no getting away from it there is no way all of those guys are making out of it so Gaz who do you think is going to bite the bullet next week well I've got one who I'm almost 100% sure and that is Beric Beric Dondarrion love him Um, but this time nine um I would say it's definite survivors. Obviously, it's got to be Jon Snow at this stage in, in the game. Um, imagine that, if he just died. Hmm. That was it. Very possible. Uh, very Game of Thrones. Very Game of Thrones. Um, no, not very Game of Thrones, because there's no there's no sort of reason behind that that wouldn't propel the story. Yeah. Um, Gendry will continue to survive, and there will continue to be a bromance. Um, actually, yeah, is it maybe easier to do a prediction of who survives? John, Gendry, and I'm going to say Jorah. Yeah, I agree. Ooh. Only three. He's only just come back. Only three survived. No, they're definite. Mate, I reckon the house is going to die. And then Maybe. my 50-50 is um, Torment. Oh, you can't lose Torment because how are him and Brienne oh, no ever going to fall in love and have beautiful giant babies? Giant babies. No, I know, I know. Well, fingers crossed. He's got a 50-50 chance. Right, Lucy, who are you going for? Just give me a death. The hound could die. Not could, I want deaths. Well, I don't know, but okay, the hound will probably die. Beric, I agree. (laughs) Thoris, I think, may have a part to come in the real war. I don't think Gendry will die. I don't think Jormund, I don't think Jorah will die because he's just come back. That would be mental. Yeah. 
they could all die. But I think this might be it for the Hound. Beric and Jorah. Is it still there? Beric, yeah, she's, she's Beric and Jorah. Just having a think. <laughs> um, it makes me sad. I don't want to kill Ian Glenn, but... Yeah, oh, I think, I think we're hand losing... Hand. I'm going to make a bold prediction... Jon Snow. No, Thoris is gone. Okay. Thoris is gone. We that need Beric is fucked. He he's the least yes. developed. I mean, him and Beric are very tight. I think they might both go, but if one of them were to go, it'd be Thoris. So that when Beric does eventually die, he can't be brought back. But I think I think Thoris is gone. Unless he's taught the Hound how to And I, I mean, do we think there's going to be any surprises next week? I mean, aren't we way past the possibility of clicking? So everyone last year was devastated when the High Septon said we're ruling out trial by combat because everyone thought that the the, well, yeah. the, 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 the faith of the Seven were going to choose yes. the Hound as their champion and they were going to fight Gregor Cagane and it was over Cersei's guilt. Gregor um, And after all that got blown up, obviously, it's game over and it was ruled out anyway. But just think about this. What if they do capture a white and they take it to King's Landing and the Hound goes to King's Landing... And who's guarding Cersei when they have the parlay? The mountain. There's the the Clegane Bowl is on. It is on like Donkey Kong. But if the mountain dies. has Joffrey's face, so now it's all just really weird and not quite Clegane Bowl. <laughs> it's not quite Clegane Bowl. It's ultra Clegane Bowl. It's like <laughs> ultra Clegane Bowl. Clegane Bowl sponsored by some ridiculous thing. How about this? How about this? Right. Um, the hound dies. No. Comes back as a white. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, you know where I'm going, then. We're listening. Comes yeah. Because of white. He, that's the white that they capture. Oh my god. Take him down. They have undead versus undead. Whoa, whoa, that whoa. has to happen. Zombie hound versus zombie mountain. I have to say. Pretty good fight. That's that's a good fight. That is a great fight. It's what the people want. It's what the people want. Um, and if they did meet in Queen uh, in um, King's Landing, sorry, where do you think they're going to meet? Because that, that's what the whole episode was about. This meeting with Cersei. Where, where do you reckon the meeting's going to be? On that beach. That pointless beach that is completely unguarded. The ruins of Deceptive Bay, I mean. Maybe. I think, Ooh, like, round I think that's area. Good. But what about something that, something that we've never seen in the show, but we know exists in the books? The Dragon Pit. Oh, shit, the bed. It's essentially like the Colosseum. What do you guys reckon to that as a meeting place? I think it's a great shout. It won't happen. If we've not seen it before, they're not going to just reintroduce it now, I don't think. Why not? Well, it makes sense with Danny, though, doesn't it? The expense of this season. Maybe. Let's meet in the dragon pit you've not seen. There's no other landmark. Zombie hound will fight Joffrey-faced... Clegane, Gregor Clegane. Best episode ever. It would be amazing, <laughs> but I don't think we deserve really it. That's what happens. This okay. will be this will be part of the same epilogue in which we see Sam as the uh, as the Lord of Thornhill. Yeah. Most important. Part. And most importantly, finally, uh, Brown Ben Bum comes across. <laughs> <laughs> Triple B to, to take his place as take, king. Yes. Triple B, bro. <laughs> Triple B. I'm laughing way too much. At- well i think that i think that about wraps it up i think that about wraps it up thanks guys for joining us at silly o'clock thanks, again Karen. in australia we really appreciate it you're a hero um hopefully next week we'll be joined back with uh, john mccann our resident impressionist gaz did a 
pretty good job trying to trying to fill in for him this week well done mate uh, thanks to M thanks to Lucy hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll be back next week for the penultimate episode which we are all very much looking forward to see you guys then zombie club game ball zombie club game ball Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.